Welcome to Women Weekend, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency into a divine feminine state of love, abundance, acceptance, harmony, and joy. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, trauma, eating disorders, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has faced most of the issues and areas that I explore on this show. On today's Identify and Heal solo episode, I'm exploring the concept of samsara, the cycle of life, death, and rebirth. And a part of that cycle is exploring karmic patterns. Yes, those wonderful things, the wonderful hangups, the wonderful fixations, the things and trials and tribulations, the challenges that we seem to face over and over again that we very well and have in fact indeed faced over the course of many lifetimes. And the question becomes, how do we break that cycle and move into a state of Dharma? I will explain these concepts further and explore the ideas on this episode. So take a listen and enjoy. Hey, everybody. Whitney here with an Identify and Heal solo episode. And today I'm talking about some Buddhist concepts. This episode was inspired by a lovely conversation I had with a new friend up here in upstate New York. I've been introduced to some of the conscious community here. Pretty exciting to meet some new people in new areas. And on our car ride, we were talking about patterns and habits and things that we're trying to work through in this lifetime. This was actually inspired by my friend noting that she was still working to come to peace with whether or not she would have children in this lifetime if that was going to be a part of her life. And she was sharing how that's kind of always been sort of a back and forth thing for her about, you know, at times feeling like truly deep down, she doesn't think that's what she wants, but then feeling pressure, societal pressure, family pressure, but then also a part of her that is wondering, maybe I do want that. And it got us talking about bigger concepts around, about some of the challenges that we face in life, some of the hangups we have, some of the, the themes that come up over and over again that everybody seems to have their own little battle they're fighting, right? And yours is very different from mine, right? The things that keep you up at night, the things that pop up in your head throughout the day are very different from the things that pester me all day, right? And what her and I were speaking about is that sometimes you just have to laugh and realize, oh my gosh, like each lifetime is such this small little tiny blip in the infinite sea of experiences that we have as souls. Yet in the timeline of one lifetime, it feels like a lot right? It feels very big. It feels overwhelming, these things that kind of haunt us. But truly, it's just a part of our bigger journey through the universe, the cosmos, time and space, whatever you want to call it. And from that, from this discussion of trying to realize that the things that we are struggling with and have trouble accepting, I think that that's a key word. And I was telling her, whenever I have trouble accepting something, I do think about that, which is, you know, I've lived so many lifetimes. And for all I know, I've lived lifetimes where maybe I was brutally 
tortured and had a horrible life where I was, you know, every minute was just miserable. And now it's just, I don't even remember it consciously, but it's, it's, if I think of other lifetimes that may have been more difficult, it's just like, oh, that must have sucked. You know, like you just kind of get past it. You're just like, wow, that's, that's crazy that I lived a life like that. But within that life, when I was experiencing it, it in real time, it was probably really awful and really challenging. So it just kind of helps me put things in perspective. Like, for instance, I'll say that one of my big hangups is not having like a real true love in my life ever. And sometimes I just have to sit with the idea of, well, maybe that just doesn't happen in this lifetime. Maybe in this lifetime, a love story just is not a a part of my experience. And sitting with that and learning to be okay with that and have acceptance around it because I know that I'm sure in past lifetimes I've had deep loves. I've actually had interesting experiences. I don't know if anyone else has had this, but I have had dreams where I know that I was visited by the presence of my, whatever you want to call it, a soulmate, twin flame. I don't really like to throw that term out anymore because it really has become like pretty contentious and there's a lot of fighting around it. And But just the concept of like a a infinite partner that you come together and grow together through many, 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 many lifetimes. But I, I've felt in many dreams like this presence where the, be- the best way I can describe it, it was the most familiar, comforting feeling I've ever felt. Like just this energy, this entity that was with me that just, I knew everything about it and I knew like every genuine quality of it. And I don't know, I can't explain it. It's been a while since I've had one of those dreams. And I know that that's a soulmate energy and that absolutely that energy and I have actually lived in physicality and lifetimes before. I have no doubt. I'd love to think that they're going to come through in this lifetime. I think it would be nice. I think it'd be wonderful. I think that I'm a loving person that's capable of experiencing love and would like to have that. But again, back to my point in this episode, there are some things that we have to have acceptance around that may or may not happen for us. And that is a part of samsara. You could say samsara is the continuous cycle of life, death and rebirth. It's a Buddhist concept. And it's this idea that we are on the wheel of life, going around, learning what you could call a lot of the divine feminine principles. There's many names for it. Of acceptance, of love, of finding joy, of releasing attachment to, right? Attachment to certain things going a certain way, finding peace, admit in the midst of chaos and conflict and confusion. These are all the things that we're learning through this through samsara, through these cycles of lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. That's what we're here for to move from a place of karma, which is karma is sort of within the samsara, karma could be described as cause and effect, right? It results from our past and present actions. So karma is, it's and it's totally unbiased, right? We like to think like, you know, some people think there's somebody up there that's like tallying the marks and all this. No, it's, it's just like nature. Everything's unfolding and everything has a cause and effect. If you do a lot of one thing, you're going to get more of another thing. If you shift into a certain energy, you're going to have something come back, right? It's just cause and effect. It's natural. It's not punishment. That's my belief. I don't believe that karma is punishment. I think it's just a literal, like if you plant an apple seed, you're going to get an apple, right? From an apple tree. And that's the same thing as karma is like, you have to understand that you're going to reap what you sow. 
that what you put your focus and attention onto is going to come around. And so you want to be mindful of what that is. And sometimes you'll have instant karma. It can happen, right? That's also a song by John Lennon, a really great song, Instant Karma. I know I've had several incidences of instant karma when I've tried to like cut corners with money, right? You will see karma a lot in, in, because money is just a energy, right? So when I've tried to cut corners and be like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, do this so that I save money on this. And I try to, you know, be frugal about it or whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden a, you know, so I save some money, but then an expense comes up, right? Something out of the blue, like I'll chip my tooth and then I'll owe like hundreds of dollars. And I'll be like, oh gosh, like, because I was trying to like suppress and cut back, you know, and because money also is energy. So it will try to even itself out. And that's what karma is, right? The balance of cause and effect. Like, you know, what you're, if you're giving too much of something, right, you're going to deplete something else. And so things have to, are trying to balance themselves. So it's, it's interesting. It's fascinating, right? Karma is a ancient concept and idea. There's many different names for it in many different religions and concepts and beliefs. Yet it goes right along with the idea that, again, we need to be aware that the things that we work through in this life are a part of achieving that balance. And that balance could be called another term from Buddhism, which is dharma, which is really equated to righteousness, right? Acting in a righteous way, which to me always means in a noble way, in a fair way, in a non-selfish way, in a mindful way, in a way that is for the benefit of all, right? Because often when karmic things happen, we're being a little bit maybe selfish, a little bit greedy, a little bit, you know, too anxious, a little bit fearful, some of the lower energies, right? That's when we'll get that little sting, like I was talking about, where all of a sudden you find, you know, you got to do work on your house or your car or your teeth, because you were, you know, you're in this mindset of lack. Because everything that we experience is trying to teach us, right? I spoke of that in another episode recently about how the only thing that is ever happening in life is growth. Everything is changing and growing and everything that happens to us, every person we meet, every conversation we have, everything is a part of that growth. We can't ever be in anything that is not of our growth because that's what life in the universe is. Some say that's what God is with the notion we'd call God. The universe is just ever changing. It's a process. So you can't ever be doing something that's not progressing you in some way that's not a part of the process. So everything we're doing is leading us towards this greater understanding. Basically, again, just like when we get older and we realize, huh, you know what? Lying really doesn't pay off. You know, I realized that into my 20s. And I was never a big liar, but I used to tell little white lies. If I was afraid of somebody's response, somebody's action, if I told the truth, I would tell white lies. If I really wanted something, you know, I would lie here and there. But it always made me feel yucky, so I didn't do it. But then I realized, you know, and I didn't call it karma, but I was like, when you tell lies, you have more mess to clean up and you have more things you have to keep track of, right? Like, if, if I'm going to lie to somebody, I have to keep track of my lies and I have to remember what I said and I have to worry about if somebody else tells them something and they find out the truth. It's just, it's so much more peaceful to live your life with full truth, always telling the truth. And I'll be real. I've played, I've given myself the challenge of never telling a lie, right? Like Abraham Lincoln or whoever else has made that oath of like, I never tell a lie. Or was that George Washington who cut down the cherry tree? <laughs> Somebody help me here. And it's fascinating because you got to realize that we are in complete control. You have to open your mouth or express in some way, written, verbal, whatever it is, 
You're in control of that coming out of you. Sometimes it feels like it just bleh, you just barf it out. You just blur it out a lie. But you realize like, wow, why am I going to let this lie pass my lips? So I've had those, ch- I've done those challenges where I thought, don't ever tell a lie. Just don't do it. And then I've been caught in situations where I'm like, oh my God, but I, I have to, I don't, I have to lie. I can't tell the truth right now. I can't do it. And so what I've tried to do is like in the best way possible, say what is most truthful. And that's not, that's like kind of like, you know, flubbing it a little because of evading the full truth is also a little bit of a lie. The, again, the karmic accountants up there <laughs> would be like, nah, not really. But do you know what I mean? Like if they're like, hey, did you see so-and-so today? And that person maybe told you not to tell them that you saw them. And you're like, I haven't seen them. And then you're like, well, I didn't tell them. I, I like I have. It's true that I haven't seen them in the past hour. <laughs> it's true that I haven't seen them. I mean, yes, I've seen them, right? Like very circular logic that when I say it out loud, it sounds like a five-year-old. <laughs> you know, like kids will do that. You'll be like, do you have the apple? And they'll be like, no. And then you'll be like, why'd you lie to me? And they're like, well, I didn't have it. It was like a foot away from me under the pillow. I was, you know what I mean? I was hiding it. So really now I'm just saying that I use five-year-old logic (laughs) to say that I'm not lying. My whole point of all of this is that learning to always tell the truth is a part of moving into, again, dharma, righteous living, not letting anything escape our lips, our actions, or live in our thoughts that is not of the highest good, that is not fully transparent, fully caring, full of love, full of consideration, that is selfish. Selfish? (laughs) Selfless. And I don't mean selfless as in like, not caring about yourself. You are just as important as everybody else. We want to take care of ourselves. We want to stand up for ourselves. That doesn't mean that we have to be mean or angry in that lower energy. We can still be righteous and support and defend ourselves, right? So my bigger point for this episode, I'm just sort of painting the picture, right, of this Buddhist concept. And really, it spreads way beyond Buddhism. I mean, fascinatingly, these tenets find their way in all religions. If you study religion, if you look at every single organized religion that has ever been, they all have like similar tenets, very similar tenets. And it makes you realize, huh, (laughs) maybe there is a, a greater one truth than we realize. So based on these specifically Buddhist concepts and terms, samsara, the continuous cycle of life, death and rebirth, When do we break free from that cycle? Well, when we have worked off all our karma, when we have learned all that needs to be learned, when we have gone through enough challenges and hangups and trials and tribulations that we, just like I said about lying, sort of how you begin to shed that and let that go when you realize it never seems to work out. It never seems to really serve you, which is a big concept, right? That's a pretty highly evolved concept just because a lot of people have their life based in lies to them to themselves and to others right that's the tricky part about lying and not being truthful is it's not just about offering that and conducting ourselves that way with others it's about doing it with ourselves a lot of us lie to ourselves because it's too hard to face the truth many of us do that as long as we're doing that as long as we are not releasing ourselves acting in a free, open way, which again, freedom is the same and transparency all are aligned with this concept of being in flow, being in openness, being in a consistent 
state of acting in accordance, mind, body, soul, right? Your actions are aligned. What is the quote that says something along the lines of when your thoughts and your words match your actions, then you are in alignment. Then you are in authenticity with yourself. That's the nature of a lie, right? When what you speak isn't actually what you feel. When what you speak isn't actually what you know to be true. When we're out of alignment in those three ways, mind, body, and soul, our life is never going to truly work well. People whose lives are the most in the flow that tend to be the least tumultuous are people who have learned and are maybe in this lifetime getting closer and closer to the path of dharma where they are in alignment. So again, bringing it back down. Now that I've introduced these concepts, I want to ask you this question. We are all here on this planet now because we are still in this cycle of samsara. We have not yet reached the state, the dharmic state of being able to break out of it. We are still learning. We are still gaining the lessons, experiencing the lessons to try and learn the lesson and then be able to finally move on to get the bigger picture, the bigger concept, to shift our energy, to shift our understanding, to open ourselves, to give ourselves full and complete freedom, recognizing that every little shortcut we make that is not in true alignment will always bring us back to have to pay off some karma, right? It's going to keep us in the karmic cycle. When we are doing things that are out of balance, when we are creating karmic imbalance, then we have to rebalance it. And we'll keep going and going and going until we are no longer creating karma for ourselves. And I do believe that that's possible. And I also think that a lot of us, and especially if you're listening to this podcast, are getting closer to being so fed up (laughs) with having to keep coming back to earth (laughs) and have this. I mean, it's delightful. It's intense. It's incredible. I've spoken to this before, but I've heard from various channelers, including Dolores Cannon, who I love. If you haven't listened to any of her stuff, she does a lot of audiobooks, including Keepers of the Garden and The Convoluted Universe, which are mind-blowing in terms of her channeling through individuals, like through human beings. They're channeling lifetimes as beings from other species that tell about truths and secrets of the universe and life. And now I've, I've lost my train of thought, <laughs> and I forgot why I brought that up. Oh, right. Because these people, when they're in hypnosis and channeling these concepts from other beings, from other dimensions and planets, they'll say, one is that Earth is meant to be a place for us to work off a lot of karma, for beings to come to, to learn some of the most challenging lessons. It's kind of like boot camp. I I heard once in one of her books that you can burn off like 10 lifetimes of karma (laughs) in one round of Earth which is a good deal. But, you know, since we're all here, we know it's it's rough time, right? <laughs> You're doing some, some hard time here on earth. But it's also joyous. And that's another thing that is talked about from people that she's put under hypnosis and channeled is that the things we experience on earth are unlike things that a lot of other beings get to experience. The highs and the lows, the emotions, the joys, the pleasure. It's like this big old weird candy shop of like, ooh, all the treats and goodies, but then it's like a candy shop that's also in like some kind of weird like jail and torture chamber. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what to say about Earth is that I am grateful for it because it is helping us grow and I happen to find myself here 
keep waking up here every day. So as I've said before, bless whatever is in front of you. Bless every experience and every person. Bless being born onto earth. And so I shall. And trust that it's part of my samsara journey. That I still have some karma to work off. Okay. So again, I'm bringing it down to a smaller concept. This is why I'm offering it for you today. This is more tangible, actual, helpful information, concepts for you to think about for your life. Here's my question to you. What is your lesson that you came here to learn on earth? You will know this lesson because it's the one that keeps coming into your life over and over and over again. At a certain point in our life, it is crucial for us to take a step back and look at the patterns Life reveals itself. The secret of the universe, secrets of the universe reveal itself to us constantly, but we are not looking. We're not noticing. We're too distracted. We get too distracted with life and events and all the shoulds and all the social obligations that we don't see what's right in front of us, which is our life itself is presenting to us exactly what we need to learn and understand in order to grow. As I said, That's all we're doing here is growing. That's it. So take a look. Step back. Because here's the other thing. You can shift your mindset around some of your greatest tragedies and your greatest challenges, right? Like my friend who shared about not having children. That can be absolutely devastating. And again, something that can occupy so much of our mind and our hearts and bring us a lot of challenge and a lot of struggle trying to wrap our heads around that, right? And as I said before, we all have our own. Yet when we look at it in the face and say, I know what you are. I know you. You're this theme of questioning my worth. Because everything is, basically any karmic lesson is the seed that grows into our experiences in life. What your job is in this lifetime is to get to the seed. Because we always have to get to the root of the matter, the source in order to break the cycle, end the karmic cycle, move into our dharma and out of karma. Because without karma, we keep seeing everything as something we need to win or change, right? I know, I know that in this lifetime, I can be that successful, impressive person that I've always wanted to be. And, And we're pushing and pushing. Anytime you're pushing and fighting, you're creating karma. It's just what it is. And I, I, I don't mean that in the terms of that we're, we're just supposed to like sit around like a sloth and just move, you know, a mile a year and just lay back and eat grapes. I mean, that sounds fabulous. But I'm, you know what I mean? When we're actually in that mode of like gung-ho, let's go, I'm ready to achieve that, that's different. That's life force energy, right? That's the divine creation energy. That's you having that desire of, I know what can be and I'm going to go for it. That is very different from the idea of, I'm going to show them, I'm going to prove this. I'm going to create this because I want them to know that I'm good enough. Look at your motives. Your motives will also show you where you are in your samsara journey in your relationship with karma. If again, your drive comes from you wanting to bring something beautiful into this world, You're on your path. That's flow. That's divine feminine. That's divine creation energy. If it's coming from that lower energy of trying to prove something, trying to be better than others, trying to 
outdo others, trying to create something in order to achieve something specifically, that's going to create karma because we're trying to force something. Karmic patterns are, patterns are very forceful. The natural unfolding of life is effortless. So if you want to understand your lesson in this life, look at the patterns. Take a step back. And then we need to take some time to see to shift our belief around it. And to ask ourselves, is it worth it to keep up this fight? Do I want to continue this battle with this aspect of myself, with this thing I cannot accept? When you start to see it more as this literal continuous question from the universe, which is, have you learned yet? Have you learned yet? Have you learned yet? And you stop seeing it as a personal injustice, as a personal attack, as a personal deficit. And I think that's the biggest thing because when I've looked, taken a look, step back and look at the things that keep coming up, keep coming up, events that make me feel like I'm not good enough and unworthy enough, I realize that's what it is is that I'm not seeing this beautiful gift in the universe that's saying, can you realize that your worth is not determined by anything outside of you? That you can lose all the competitions, all the things that you've tried to get, that you can lose everything and you can still be worthy? That people can tell you that you're not good enough, that you're not attractive enough, that you're not lovable, and you can still be connected to the love, the eternal love of the universe? Because my whole life I've said, uh, no, no, I cannot. I can't have somebody tell me that I'm ugly and still feel like a worthy human being. I can't have guys ignore me like I don't exist and still feel self-worth and value. It's unfair. I shake my fist and I say, it's not fair. It's mean. How can they be so mean to me? But when you start to step back and say, what am I fighting against? What am I raging against? What am I not able to accept? Can you see that the lesson is not personal? Can you see that what's happening to you isn't anything that you did wrong? It's something that's for your highest good so that you can break through into a new experience of life? Can you imagine living your life where you're completely unaffected by anyone else's opinions towards you? or anything that happens around you that you can keep that peace within? Can you imagine? I sit with that and I imagine, God, what if I just didn't care? If somebody said, oh, her? Like, she's stupid. I don't listen to her podcast because she's annoying. And I thought, okay, that's fine. It's what That doesn't even really mean anything to me because who am I anyways? You know, I'm an infinite universal being. (laughs) I don't take anything personal. No, but you know what I mean? It's like, can you imagine just being like, cool, but I'm on my journey. I'm on my mission and I I don't, I'm not going to let that knock me off my horse of that determination, that emphasis, that drive that I know to be true. So I've been thinking about that more lately, and this conversation with my friend last night really kind of honed that in, which is when we can identify the lesson we're meant to learn, we can take the emotional attachment out of it. Just just suck it out. Suck the air out of it. Stop taking it personally, just like the four agreements, right? 
One of the four agreement, agreements is take nothing personally. If we are truly all one, we're all connected, nothing is really about quote unquote us, right? There is no us. We come and have this experience to learn that, to move through it, because only going through the depths of it do we understand that it's not true. You can also keep that close to your heart. Only going through the depths of loss and grief eventually and in the higher state makes you realize that there is no such thing as separation. You can never actually lose someone or something. But in order for that to be known and to be true, the opposite has to exist, right? Duality, right? You have to know the deepest pain of losing something or not having something that you thought you wanted so badly in order to reach the enlightened state of, oh, there is no such thing as having anything. There is no such thing as something being mine. There is no such thing as actually losing anything. There's nothing you can lose. We're all connected all the time. And I don't offer this as like, oh, just get over it and know this. I, there's a quote I like that says, first heal what is and then teach what can prevent future injury, which is what I hope to do, what is what a lot of spiritualists do, right? Is this idea of you don't tell people like, oh, just don't worry about this. Don't, don't let anything bother you because we're infinite beings and nothing is personal <laughs> and it's a karmic cycle, so just let it go. People will be like, all right, fuck you. <laughs> You tell me how to deal with my financial issues and my insecurities and how to get through life when some days I don't want to be here, okay? <laughs> but it's it's not about that. It's about you tend to people and you say, I hear you and I know you're hurting. So let's attend to your hurt and then let's see how we can pro- shift your mindset and understanding to a greater truth, a higher truth, so that next time when that thing comes around and hits you right in the face, it doesn't hurt. Because you've realized a universal higher truth. That's what growing is about. And it feels so damn good. Also, another good exercise is look at your life and realize some of those higher truths that you've already come to know. I've spoken to this on the show, but it is so crucial to look at our progress. That's another human quality part of, you know, sort of the human condition is that we are really not good at looking at our progress. We're great at looking at where we feel we haven't. gained and grown, but we're not, we'll be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, I achieved 10 of the things I wanted to do, but I didn't do this. Right. Without a doubt, you have gained some of those higher knowings and higher wisdom in your life. And you can see that by looking back and saying, you know what, that thing, when it used to happen to me, it tore me apart. It would knock me out. It was brutal. And now those things don't bother me as much. And ask yourself, why? What happened? You grew. There was change. You shifted your belief around something. You shifted your understanding. You grew into higher knowledge, which is, oh, it actually doesn't mean what I thought it meant. The meaning we give to things directly impacts how it we're affected by it, right? If having people's approval meant nothing to us, we could give a shit whether we got people's approval. We give the meaning to things. We give the belief to it. If I get enough attention and enough approval, enough people like me, I'll be happy. I'll have a good life. But when we can say, I don't see it that way. I don't do things for people's approval. I just do what's in my heart. Again, I'm not telling you to just snap your fingers and be there, but All of this just comes back to the notion of freedom, which to me is again aligned with this concept of dharma, righteousness. 
it's not righteous as in like, I'm righteous and better than everyone. It's righteousness is understanding the greatest truth which sets you free. We are bound by the chains that we put on ourselves, these chains of conditionality, these chains of only if this, then that. My belief that only if I have this, can I have this? Can I have love? Can I have safety? Can I have joy? Can I have contentment and peace in life? When we begin to break through those chains and come to higher truths, we gain greater freedom and we have a new experience of life. Take the time to look back at your life and give yourself the credit for saying, those experiences were really hard, but they taught me a great sacred truth about life. And now the things that used to bother me don't as much. Huh. What do you know? Maybe that's uh, just a little bit like the whole samsara concept in a nutshell. We live, we learn, we grow. We live, we learn, we grow, we expand, we move closer and closer to true enlightenment and freedom. That's what this is all about. So if, again, the other exercise, we take a look at our life and we say, what is my lesson? Because the truth is we come onto this planet, we can't learn all the lessons in one lifetime. Then there'd only be one giant samsara, just one giant cycle of life that lasts like millions of years. And, you know, to be technical, like, because there is no end and beginning and there is no death and it is all one big cycle, but come on now, (laughs) work with me here. Within one lifetime, there's only going to be a handful of main themes, main themes that if you want to go here, because this is what I believe, we signed up for as a soul. I believe in the idea of soul contracts where, I mean, I can't say I know who we make these contracts with if there's like, you know, some law office up in the, you know, cosmos. But we, <laughs> we make a contract and we say, all right, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to get into the dirt. Our soul made that agreement. It said, all right, captain, send me down there. Whew. Oh, man, I know it's going to be brutal. <laughs> you know, can you imagine our souls like talking to each other like in the spiritual realm? And we're, they're like, oh, where are you going next? And they're like, you're like earth. And they're like, <gasps> oh, gosh. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, good luck. <laughs> I, uh, I wish you the best. Uh, hang in there. I think we have a pretty good reputation for being a challenging place. But no, to, to be real, like souls crave that, right? It's like somebody who craves climbing Mount Everest. Like they get a great joy from going somewhere that's going to lead to their greater growth. We all want to grow. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably like me. We're getting closer and closer to being like, aha, I'm starting to see this now. These lessons are actually coming up over and over again, not because there's something wrong with me, but because I asked for them and there's something I was supposed to remember. There's some breakthrough I meant to have. There's some place where I meant to shift and gain a greater knowledge and understanding so I can then move on to higher levels of experience as a soul to teach and help others. That's what this is all about. And just like you know, examples on earth, we have to go to school and learn certain things in order to be able to handle and move through new experiences, new ways of being and working in the world. The same is true for the soul at a much, much, much grander scale. So I invite you, what lessons did you come here to learn? What are the continuous themes that come up in your life? And I offer this most importantly because I don't want you to suffer anymore. That's why I'm speaking to this. Because that's what I'm realizing. I have suffered so goddamn much from things. I don't want to call them stupid because that's not very nice to myself. But they're stupid. 
You know, it's not necessary for, for me to berate myself over and over again about mistakes that I feel I made or things that people said because I believe that if they hadn't happened, I'd be happier. That if it hadn't happened, it would mean that I was a more impressive person that would have been in a different place in my life by now. Not true. These things happen to try and show me a lesson that I haven't been getting. So you might also be at this pivotal point where I am where I say, all right, bring it on, universe, karmic lessons. Guess what? I'm going to freaking get my tennis racket and knock this one (laughs) out of the court. I'm going to hit it this time. I'm going to learn this lesson. I'm going to get it because I'm tired. You know, I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm ready for the next thing. We got to really, you know, straighten ourselves up and explore it and take it, which actually is just a very gentle thing. We just begin to shift our perspective. And what's interesting about this, and if you look back in your life, you've probably found it. It isn't always this like going out for battle and you're like, I'm going to take this karmic lesson and shove it and just break through it. It's just a very simple, subtle shift where you're like, oh, that doesn't actually mean much and I'm not going to take it personally. And all of a sudden, bam, something brand new in your life comes in. That's, it's literally like in a video game where you've leveled up. And it wasn't grandiose and it wasn't this woo big drag down, knockout, celebratory battle win. It was just a shift. And those karmic gods are like, oh, okay, cool. The accountants up there, they're like, oh, wait, she, okay, yeah, she got it. She got it, folks. You can open, okay, let her in now. <laughs> let her on to the next thing. So if you're ready for that, take out the personal part. Take out the notion that it says anything about you that these lessons keep happening, that these themes keep coming up. Again, I know it's not easy. So you can also get professional help with it, right? I know that my years of therapy slowly but surely helped me to begin to be ready to break these cycles, to see things differently. Many different forms of healing and therapy, somatic work, body work, all this stuff slowly but surely helps us shift our perspective until it's just there. Because that's the truth, right? You can't force it. You can't just tell yourself, I love myself no matter what. I love myself no matter what. But then somebody comes around and rejects you and you're like, oh my God, oh gosh, I can't love. I'm not worthy. I'm sorry. I'm not mocking anybody. I That's just like an imitation of myself when somebody rejects me. But when you truly, truly build, as I've talked about it often, self-esteem is like a muscle. When you build it strong enough, when you shift your concept enough, it just doesn't phase you the same. As the kids say nowadays, it hits different, right? When you've actually achieved a different state and then new things come in your life and then the lesson has been learned. All right, everybody. I hope this was helpful. Have a beautiful day. Take care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.